blessings, the many benefits that we have as thy children. We pray now that thy Holy Spirit may be felt in full measure this afternoon. May your word speak to our hearts and may you touch the hearts, especially of our new sisters, Evelyn and Agnes. Bless the word as we read it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to read a portion of scripture as contained in the book of Acts chapter 8. This was this portion of scripture that speaks of the new converts as Philip had baptized them and called down Simon and John and Peter and James to perform the laying on of their hands. Simon and John. Acts chapter 8, beginning to read. At verse 14. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the, the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid they their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Evelyn and Agnes, we're going to perform what the Bible says here. And we'd like to ask you to come forward based on your faith that you've testified last night and this morning. To come forward as we proceed with the work.
rise of hearts and may bring to naught the pride that is within each and every one of us. And now, Father, as we lay our hands on these two new children of thine who have gone through a great struggle in their lives, who have claimed to have been so empty, feeling so sinful and vile, but are now presented before thy throne of grace as two new tender parts, as two children of the King. Father in heaven, we pray for our new sister Evelyn, who from birth was rejected, was seeking love and acceptance and approval, who at times was angry and frustrated with where should she go. Oh Lord, we give you all the praise, all the thanks, all the glory. For you are that loving Father, who though I would have felt abandoned and rejected, you followed her in every path that she took. And you provided a way to escape, a haven of rest in the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, Father in heaven, we know that she has gone through many struggles, many tests, fiery tests, that many of us have not experienced. But we know, Lord, that blessed is he that endures temptation, that goes through the fire of purification. And places his or her trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, it's your Holy Spirit that quickened her conscience. It was your Holy Spirit that was that inner voice that spoke to her, that told her that something is still missing. The one that tugged her towards the window. The one that tugged her to see the glory of the Lord. The promises will be seen in the sky, in the heavens. You gave her the rainbow of peace. You gave her the answer. So clearly, unmistakable. Father, we pray that as she is now taken into your family as a child of the, the King, as a daughter of the majestic King of glory, that she would not be just a vessel placed on the shelf to be looked at, but rather your servant, your ambassador, your 
his soul. Known and read of all other men, and especially of her husband. Father, we pray that she has a great and enormous task ahead of her. But on the healing with a husband and a spouse that needs salvation. But the many tests that she will come across. Oh Lord, you have brought us safe thus far. Your grace has brought us safe thus far. And your grace will lead her home. May she be a light to her family. May she be even a better and more loving and hearing wife and mother. May she place all her frustrations, all her cares, all her concerns, all her, her sufferings at your feet. And may she trust in the living God that he will deliver. And the one that refused to forsake her in her wandering to this world will continue to be with her and to guide her in the form of his Holy Spirit. Oh Lord, may your Holy Spirit fill her with the love which is shed abroad in her heart. May your Holy Spirit be her guide, her teacher, her admonisher, her comfort and strength. And may your Holy Spirit lead her to the very end of her life, to her journey's end, into her cleansed heart 
And Lord, we know that Jesus Christ, who is at thy right hand, reminded thee that he has died for Agnes, that he has shed his precious blood, and that she's now worthy of thy righteousness to stand before thee. We are thankful that it was the blood of Jesus Christ that has cleansed her from her sins. And we pray, Lord, that thou wouldst use the very blood that was shed for the remission of her sins to end her name in that holy book that forever and ever her name would be recorded in that book. So when in the time to come on the judgment day that her spirit, which thou hast sealed her with at this very moment, will testify that indeed she has been redeemed and purchased by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we are so unable to comprehend the love that thou hast borne upon us, upon every individual that's born into this life. Heavenly Father, that we can find redemption through Jesus Christ, and we can find salvation and save our souls from eternity's doom. Heavenly Father, what a glorious moment it will be when thou wilt call your children home. And Heavenly Father, we pray that Agnes will be the one of the first to give her name as being redeemed, that she would walk worthy of the vocation wherein thou hast called her, that she would remember the covenant that she has made with thee, the living God, before many witnesses, and that the Holy Spirit, which now dwells in her blessed heart, may be able to teach her, to guide her, and to be always with her forever and ever, that she would be obedient unto his still and gentle voice, that she would not allow the enemy of her soul to be tempted and to fall, but that with every temptation, as thou hast promised, she will find a way of escape. Lord, thou hast promised that thou would not allow any temptation greater than Agnes can bear to be upon her, but that thou wilt deliver her as thou didst deliver thy son Jesus Christ, who also was tempted by the adversary of his soul and the adversary of our soul. Protect her, guide her, build a hedge around her so that she could feel thy presence, thy holy presence, every moment from this uh, moment on, that she would always remember to reach unto thee, the eternal God, whatever desperate situation she may be in, having the assurance that thou art always with her. Heavenly Father, we pray that thou would use her in a mighty way she also has much tribulation perhaps that is ahead of her. She, we pray for her husband that through her obedience and patience and service unto thee that he may see Jesus Christ reflected in her life, that she would be a witness unto him and many others that she may come in contact with. Be with her and guide her and protect her. And Heavenly Father, we do realize and acknowledge that without thy help, we are really helpless. 
And we beg for thy mercy, for thy grace. We pray that the Holy Spirit, which is sealed in her life, will continue to even intercede for her sins and iniquities that she may commit, even as a child of God. For we know that we all fall short of the glory of God. And we pray for, for that uh, forgiveness. And we rely on thee, the living God, to have mercy upon us. We pray, Lord, that thou continue to bless us, to grow this congregation in spirit and grow in numbers. Many that will come here that they might find refuge, even as Evelyn and Agnes have found refuge for their souls. They might find the ability to rely on thee and to cleanse themselves from the iniquity of sin. Heavenly Father, we have many petitions and thou knowest our hearts and we just thank thee for all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. may take a seat, sisters. Let's turn our hearts and voices and sing 209, the first four verses of hymn 209.
Before we open God's word once again, let's turn to him in prayer. Our Father and our God, we're thankful for the quietness of the sanctuary. We're thankful for thy word that's before us. We're thankful, Lord, for what thy word would teach us this afternoon. Inspire the words that we be spoken, and Lord, we pray that thy spirit would touch each one of us individually, that we might be able to understand our relationship before you, the Almighty God. How we could draw closer to you, how we'd be more like you, how we, we could become perfect. And we thank you, Lord, for this. And we pray it all in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. We call this the communion service. Some call it the Feast of Remembrance. Others call it the Lord's Supper, Passover Feast. It was referred to as communion today. And so I'd like to stay with that word and what that word might mean to each one of us as brothers and sisters in the Lord. And when I think of that word communion, my mind goes back to what happened in the first chapters of the Bible when our first parents walked with God in a very close communion, speaking one with another with the Almighty God, a relationship that was so tight. And now the question is, is how was that relationship this very moment with our God and our walk with him. And reminded also of two men in the Bible, it says, and Enoch walked with God, and he was, and he was not, for God took him. Enoch walked with God. It says that twice. And then with regard to Moses, uh, to Noah, he says, Noah was a just man, and perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. Again, what we can understand from these words and the picture that it might draw in our mind is hand in hand with the Father. Enoch didn't see death. God took him in a chariot of fire. And Noah, instructed to do something that was definitely impossible with man, but all things possible with God. Walking, communing, getting clear instruction, clear direction, and doing that what the Father required. There's a verse in Revelation I'd like to read also, and it says, Revelation's the third chapter, Thou hast a few names even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Sobering words, few, but that walk and are worthy. Reminded of some verses shortly before 
Christ instituted the Lord's Supper, when he was praying for his disciples, when he was praying for those that would come right after the disciples, those that heard the apostles and disciples preach, and for even those still today, including you and I. When he says to the Father that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. That's communion. As Christ and God are one, we should be one with them. And it's possible through what these two dear souls have just experienced. A transforming of the heart and mind and soul, and now the receiving of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, in their lives so that they can be grafted into the vine and become one with the Father and with the Son. That's communion. That's walking with God. That's seeing things the way God sees things and not the way we used to see things or sometimes are plagued to think that way. How is our communion? What is our communion like? And so I'd like to read some verses in Corinthians that we typically read at communion time or the Lord's Supper when it says in 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it and rem in remembrance of me. For as oft as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthy shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if ye were judged, yourselves you should not be judged. For when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come to, together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that, that ye come not together unto condemnation, and the rest will I set in order when I come. Christ's clear instructions through the Apostle Paul that penned these words. Many of the words were the same words that he had the night before his crucifixion. But it makes it very clear in this particular chapter that 
Communion is also a time of remembering. Remembering things, not that we want to bring up the past, and maybe how graphic some of those things were in our lives that we would love to forget that God has forgotten, and we're thankful for that. But the remembrance of the experience that we were not able to escape, that we were entangled the snare of the devil, as the scripture says. In the miry clay, as it says in the Psalms, in like a swamp, where the harder we try, the less success we had. And we only had success, as the Lord measures success, is when we relied completely and totally on him. When we gave up all, which was really nothing, to gain everything that the Father had to offer. We have to remember that. That dark, dark time in our life where we trust the bridges to that experience have been burned. We never want to go back there. But we want to remember that it was something that we could never escape. We could only, by the grace of God, and by his shed blood of Jesus Christ, his son, that we were able to claim victory and walk in newness of life. And we could walk the path that pleases God. Those men and women of God that pleased him, that walked with him. Now, our two new sisters are doing that too. As we're reminded to do that. Forgetting those things in the past. And pressing on with all purpose, with all diligence. Remembering that it's the relationship with the Almighty God that makes this possible. And so we have to examine that relationship on a regular basis. And that's why it talks about examining ourselves here. And how do we do that? We examine ourselves by what the Word tells us. So we cannot be slack concerning the reading of His Word, the studying of His Word, because it won't be an effective mirror to our life. And we cannot be slack with respect to attending the fellowship because the Lord speaks through his teachers and ministers and the brethren. So we can't be slack concerning that either. When the doors are open, we need to be here. We can't hear God, and he can't instruct us if we're not willing to attend. And how serious do we take it when our brother and our sister approach us and they tell us about some things that might not be so right, not be able to seem from the onset as correct. How well do we examine ourselves then? Do we shut it down? Put a roadblock up? 
Or are we encouraged that our brother and our sister would be so open as to tell us? And that we are our brother's keeper and our sister's keeper. And we will have to give an account at the last day if we've been true and faithful to that. And so communion is a time of self-examination. Judging ourselves, measuring ourselves, not by our sister or our brother, but by our Lord. And what he has to say, and how he measures things, and how he sees things. Very different than the way we would like to see things and measure things. Examination, very important in assuring that we're one in that relationship with the Father and with the Son and with His Spirit that dwells in our lives. See, if there's a problem with relationship outside that of the Father. I don't think that can be so also perfect. If we've got a problem with a relationship with our brother or our sister, or a problem with a relationship with somebody else we, we know. The scripture says that we should go in as much as lieth within us to be at peace with them and make things right. The Lord knows the thoughts and intents of our hearts. He knows the effort we make in making those, trying to make those things right. So we can't just say we've made him right and it really hasn't been the case. Because he's the one that knows our hearts. And sometimes we might be able to fool ourselves. But when the word speaks to us, when God's people speak to us, we need to take those things serious. And we might not have cared for it the way we should have. And so this time gives us a time of reflection on those things where we have to make things right. The Lord implores us to do that so that our relationship with him would not be hindered. There would be nothing between us and the Father. So communion, for me as I visualize it, is that walking with God in a way where I completely understand him and I know that he completely understands me. And there's no excuses, there's no exceptions. And he leads and guides, and I want to follow. And that's my whole desire, to follow. Not to be one step ahead, or one step behind, or one step to the right or to the left, but right there in the center as it so graphically says in, in John, the 17th chapter, the verses we read there. 
so that all things are possible and that we be able to please our Father in heaven. And so he asks us to remember those things. We talked a little bit about the remembering of those things that the Lord has forgotten in our lives. That's important. We need also to remember the different experiences we've made in our walk of faith. And when I think of communion, I think about those times too. Not of always the mountaintop experiences that the Lord has taken me through, but maybe some of the really tough times where it wasn't clear to me the answer, but it was clear to him. And I simply let go. And you simply let go. And the walking and the communion got easier when we resolve that in our hearts and our minds. And then we think about the times that were, as it were, just easy. Because they were day to day. But the Father is interested in those day-to-day experiences. He doesn't want to be called on just when there's big questions and big decisions and tragic situations. No. It's the walk day in and day out with the little things, with the little struggles, with the little blessings. So it seems those are so important to cultivate that experience, the lifetime experience that we have with the Father and with His Son and with His Holy Spirit that He's placed in each one of our lives. Let's remember those things Let's act on those things. Let there nothing between ourselves as brethren, ourselves and our friends that we know, or between the Lord and you. That's what communion means to me. That's what communion should mean to each one of us. How do we grow closer and be more like him and be perfect as he'd want us to be.